This is Murder Bucket. Good evening, Murder Bucket family, and welcome back to Tuesday. We have another installment in our Last Supper series, and we will be discussing the life and crimes of Mona Fandy, the not-so-famous Malaysian pop singer who decided to try her hands at witchcraft. Before we get started, let's go ahead and do our week-slash-weekend recap. For those here in the United States, this past weekend was Labor Day, And I hope that either most of you or some of you got a three-day weekend like I did. During our three-day weekend, my husband and I took a meal to a couple in our church who just recently had their second baby. It was so great to see them and to be able to cuddle with this little tiny baby. It was just so sweet to see how his older sister just loves him and just wants to hold him all the time. Sunday after church, I went with a couple of my girlfriends to celebrate one of our friend's bridal showers. She is getting married in October, and we just wanted to shower her with all sorts of things, and it was absolutely lovely. Sunday night, we went and hung out with some friends of ours and played a few games, had some hot dogs, and just kind of hung around for a little bit. And then Monday, we went over to another friend's house that we always hang out with, and we had a Labor Day cookout. We swam in the pool, we ate a bunch of food, we picked crabs, you know, everything that you do on Labor Day. And that is my week-slash-weekend recap. Stay tuned to the very end, as it is the first episode of September, so we have True Crime News Corner for August. Let's go ahead and get into tonight's episode of the Last Supper series, and we will be discussing Mona Fandy. Mona was born on January 1st, 1956 in Malaysia. She was a pop singer in the 1980s and released her debut album titled Diana in 1987. Here is a short clip from YouTube of one of her debut songs titled Ratapan Anik. Her pop singing career, however, never took off, so instead, she and her husband turned to practicing witchcraft. In 1993, Mona and her husband were approached by Maslin Idris, who is a politician looking at the position of Minturi Basar of Pohang. This position is also known as the First Minister of Pohang, Malaysia. Mona and her husband told him that they would help him by providing him with a talisman, which is an object ascribed with religious or magical powers intended to protect, heal, or harm individuals for whom they are made. They claim that it had a tongkat and a songkot owned by the late president of Indonesia. Maslin agreed to pay 500,000 Malaysian dollars and give them 10 land titles. After this exchange, Maslin went missing. Reports show that he withdrew 300,000 Malaysian dollars from a bank in Kuala Lumpur. 
Reports also show that he met with Mona and her husband in Pahang. Mona was spotted going on a shopping spree where she bought a Mercedes-Benz. She then got a facelift. On July 20, 1993, Maslin's body was found after the police arrested Mona's assistant, Jerami Hassan, and he told them about the murder. According to Jerami, Mona and her husband killed Maslin on June 18, 1993, chopped off his head during a shamanistic ritual, then dismembered him into 18 parts and buried them in a hole in a storeroom of an unfinished house. Mona, Mohammed, and Jerami were arrested and put on trial. All three were put on trial together in Temerlo Ponghang High Court by a seven-person jury. It is reported that Mona exhibited eccentric behavior. She was cheerful, constantly smiling and posing for photos. The high court found all three guilty and they were sentenced to death by hanging. Mona then began filing for appeals in 1999, but the court dismissed them and upheld her death sentence. After this, the trio sought to obtain pardons from the Pardons Board of Malaysia, but they were refused clemency. So what was Mona's Last Supper request? Well, she requested no last meal, so instead she was given the standard KFC meal. Now, I have no information as to what was in this standard KFC meal, but it's not a bad last meal. If I had the choice of something from KFC, I would probably get a couple of legs and some thighs and then their mashed potatoes and coleslaw. Because if we're being honest, KFC has some pretty good mashed potatoes. But if I had a choice of any sort of meal as my last meal, if I was going to be executed or something, I probably would not choose KFC. I would have to probably think about it for a little while to give you a definitive answer of what I would choose, but it probably wouldn't be KFC. Mona, Mohammed, and Jerami were executed together by hanging on November 2, 2001 at Pudu Prison. None of them expressed remorse before being hanged. Before we move on to True Crime News Corner, let's take a look at a few places in pop culture that reference Mona's story. In 2002, a Malaysian film director made a short film entitled Mona. In 2006, a film titled Dukun is assumed to be based on Mona's life and crimes. And finally, in the book titled Malaysian Murders and Mysteries, there is a chapter titled Pop Singer Witch Doctor. And now let's get into... Robert Bowers was unanimously sentenced to death by a federal jury. This is the first federal death penalty imposed under the Biden administration. Robert killed 11 worshipers and wounded six others at a Pittsburgh synagogue in 2018 in the deadliest ever attack on Jewish people in the United States. Nagasi Zubri was taken into custody and is facing a federal kidnapping charge. It carries a maximum sentence of up to life in prison. Nagasi drove to Seattle on July 15th, posing as an undercover police officer and solicited the services of a prostitute. He put her in handcuffs and leg irons at Taser Point. He then drove 450 miles back to his home in Oregon. He kept her in a makeshift cell in his garage that he built from cinder blocks. 
the woman was able to escape and flagged down a passing driver who called 911. Two U.S. Navy sailors in California were arrested on charges for providing sensitive military information to China. Police have identified the remains of another victim in the Gilgo Beach murders as Karen Vergata, who disappeared in 1996. She was 30 years old at the time of her disappearance. An alleged informant for Russia has been detained in connection for a plot to assassinate Ukrainian President Zelensky. Her name was not publicly shared, but sources state that she has been gathering intelligence about the president's visit at the end of July in order to plan a Russian airstrike that would kill him. A white mother was accused by an employee at Southwest Airlines for trafficking her biracial daughter while they were traveling together from San Jose to Denver after the mother's brother passed away suddenly. She has now filed a federal lawsuit against Southwest Airlines, alleging that she and her daughter were victims of blatant racism. A judge sentenced rapper Tori Lanez to 10 years in prison for shooting and wounding hip-hop artist Megan Thee Stallion in the feet. Tori asked the judge for mercy just before he delivered his sentence. He went on to say, If I could turn back the series of events that night, I would change them. The victim was my friend. The victim is someone I still care for to this day. Everything I did that night was wrong, and I take full responsibility for it. The FBI were investigating Craig Robertson for stating that he needed to prepare his camouflage and sniper rifle in anticipation of President Biden's trip to Utah. FBI agents attempted to serve arrest and search warrants to his residence when he began to shoot at them. He was then shot and killed. Mackenzie Sherrilla was found guilty in a bench trial on four counts of murder, four counts of felonious assault, two counts of aggravated vehicular homicide, one count of drug possession, and one count of possessing criminal tools. In July of 2022, McKenzie accelerated her car over 100 miles an hour into a large brick building. With her in the car was her boyfriend and his friend. McKenzie was taken to a local hospital, but her boyfriend and his friend were pronounced dead at the scene. A United Airlines pilot has been charged with criminal mischief after using an axe to destroy a barrier gate at an employee parking lot at Denver's airport. He claims that six vehicles were behind each of the parking lot's three gates that weren't going up, so he retrieved the axe from his car to help the drivers leave. He is on leave while United Airlines conducts an internal investigation. Mother of nine, Laura Carlton, was shot dead at her Magpie clothing store in California after someone allegedly took issue with her displaying a pride flag. Police state that the suspect made several disparaging remarks about the flag that stood outside the store before they decided to shoot Laura. The suspect was armed when confronted by deputies and killed in a lethal force encounter. The serial killer nurse Lucy Letby was sentenced to life in prison after she sadistically murdered seven babies. Lucy is the third woman to be handed a life sentence in Britain. Lucy fatally injected seven innocent babies with air, attempted to kill two others by lacing their feeding bags with insulin, and attempted to kill another by thrusting a tube down their throat. Lucy did not attend the sentencing hearing. 
Willard Miller was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 35 years after pleading guilty for fatally beating his Spanish teacher with a baseball bat in 2001. Three people were killed in a racially motivated shooting at a Dollar General in Jacksonville, Florida. The suspect is a white male in his early 20s who targeted black people. The suspect died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. His name was not immediately released. A 15-year-old male was arrested following a shooting at a Choctaw High School football game that killed one teenager and injured four others. A shooter killed a faculty member in the science building at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Police arrested the suspect three hours after the initial reports came in. And finally, two former leaders of the Proud Boys, Joseph Biggs and Zachary Reel, were sentenced to 17 years and 15 years respectively in prison for seditious conspiracy and other crimes committed during the riot more than two years ago. And that concludes tonight's episode. Before you go, please take a moment to listen to this promo from my friends at the Wicked Deeds podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Brittany, the host of Wicked Deeds, a true crime podcast where I, alongside my co-host John, that's me, delve into all things true crime related with an emphasis on unsolved cases throughout the Northeast United States. I chronicle the stories while John analyzes each case using his investigative background. Through our conversations, we aim to bring more attention to these cases and, with any luck, help produce new leads to be worked. You can find Wicked Deeds on all major platforms, with new episodes releasing on Tuesdays. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on our socials to stay up to date on all things Wicked. Thanks for listening. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all your Murder Bucket updates. 